when the camera first went on, there was that, wow. Welcome to See Africa, Breathe Africa, a weekly podcast made to bring the Gorilla Highlands region of Uganda, Rwanda, and Democratic Republic of Congo closer to you. It's moderated by a travel consultant and cultural tourism expert, Miha Logar, in Rwanda's Musanze, and an Afrofusion musician, Joe Kahiri, in Uganda's Kabale. For this season-closing episode, our hosts are in the company of Katarina Lahner, an Austrian online community coordinator, and Ramadan Sindayagaya, a Rwandan chef. See Africa, breathe Africa. The Masisi territory in eastern Congo is one vast, awe-inspiring blanket of bright green, covering a tranquil yet adventurous sleeper from horizon to horizon. In these undulating wrinkles and rolling canyons of verdant grassland, a giant family farm recently became a backdrop to an unexpected virtual experience. At the end of 2021, our team was approached by Stoked, an American design thinking consultancy. Impressed by the podcast, they wondered if we could organize something immersive for a group of healthcare professionals on leadership training. In fact, we had done a series of online picnics with Chef Rama and similar virtual events before, so we felt more than ready to serve. In the beginning of March 2022, Miha was on the bumpy road to Auberge de Rochengo, and on the other side of the volcanoes, Kahiri was preparing his string instruments. Don't miss the charming photographs in the show notes. But now, please listen to how it all went. Whether you are in the midst of Congo or you are in the Rwandan capital, whether you are in the south of Uganda, from wherever you are, you can see Africa, breathe Africa, and see Africa, yeah. Africa, breathe Africa and see Africa, yeah. We're gonna take a little trip together. You don't need no air tickets, you don't need no bus ride. You just need to pay close attention. We're going to see the land of Masisi. When we see Africa, breathe Africa and See Africa, yeah. On tonight's episode, we take a trip to a place that I saw for the first time a week ago, maybe, and it was just almost surreal how beautiful it was. Miha, those photos that you sent, they were just amazing. Um, I don't know if the weather is always that beautiful in Masisi, but it was sunny, the sky was blue, the grass was green. Let me just tell you that both when I was traveling to Masisi, and on the way back, our car got stuck severely in the mud. So the reason why my photos are that great is because it rained before that. <laughs> this one is also a special one because we are going to be shutting down. As there are other duties that we need to attend to, we will indeed not be doing any podcasting for long six months. Tonight, we have the original Sea Africa Breathe Africa team. Chef Rama is in the house. Catalina is in the house. 
Hi, it's great to be here, especially because I haven't been on the show for quite a while. I'm currently in Cape Town, so a little bit closer than uh, usually. What about you, Rama? Now I'm in Kigali, but I'm planning to travel to Nairobi. I want to do some presentation with food trends, especially the African fusion cuisine. Uh, with new African products. I am sure they are going to enjoy some of the Rama know-how. Yeah, so we are all changing countries. I've just come back to Musanze in Rwanda. It's just our Kahiri who is kind of stuck in the country of Uganda, but he also has a plan of doing something international. Maybe you can mention that, Kahiri. Miha, what you're talking about is the film festival that we're doing in August, the Owitu Film and Music Festival that's going to be happening in Kabale. And we're inviting uh, film showcases from all over Africa. The theme is Distinct African Voices. And we have musicians from Kabale. We have some musicians from outside of Kabale. I mean, we're really hoping that there'll be quite a bit of interaction not just within Uganda, but from other countries and other nations. My dear co-host, now I feel bad for not bringing you with me to Eastern Congo. But then again, him being present through the screen also allowed us a very special experience because now Kahiri can talk of how he perceived Masisi as a virtual participant. I think I, I said it was a thrill just interacting with that landscape as beautiful as it was. And I could see you like walking through, wind is blowing on your clothes and your hair and you looked very free. When I saw the pictures you have sent me, Miha, they are really beautiful. And um, I was just wondering, when can I come and where did you stay? There is this beautiful old building converted in a nice little guest house with amazing views, great food, of course, a lot of milk and cheese and everything else that comes together with a cattle farm. Katerina, you would love it. I know you enough to just say you would feel at home there. I'm going to add this Masisi option to the very end of our mega trek. Basically, I'm now becoming a promotional agent for them because they deserve it. The other really wonderful thing about it was that this experience was being shared by other people who were even thousands of miles away. But then you could hear almost universally that much as we are all in different parts of the world, we share the same sense of awe and the same sense of amazement at what we are seeing. I was discussing with you the option of recording a little bit of video before the experience, just to be sure that we don't go offline at the wrong moment and then display that on their screens it didn't happen because we spent the last hour trying to reconnect. But I would say that that would have been a mistake because I would assume that the thrill was live. Absolutely. There was a lot of improvisation that happened. There were unexpected, really pleasant surprises. And even when there were technological challenges, I liked the way that they just became part of the experience. And then you just know, okay, that's the part of the world that we are in, that these are the kind of challenges that I expected. I thought that just made it much more adventurous and more real. To explain what took place, we had this 
pretty well scripted plan. It all starts in front of a fire with an internal flame. We introduce, we ask all the participants to take a glass of milk with us, sharing that moment by consuming some milk from a cattle farm up in the mountains and them taking their American milk and so on. And then the connection just went off and I spent 30 minutes trying to do something about it. And when we finally reconnected, I said to myself, I am not going to risk anything. So I just ran to another part of that place that is directly exposed to the antenna, hoping that over there it would never go away. The best I could do under the circumstances was to basically throw away all the plans and just focus on being connected and staying connected. I, I know what you mean, because I was a chef during a virtual picnic, so for, for sure, uh, I know how challenging it is. Okay, I used to work with camera sometimes, but the only thing which was not usual for me is to cook and show people what I'm cooking when they are away. Because sometimes you can even receive some questions. So I was feeling like someone who is waiting to hear some comments from the people who are online and also from the people who was like uh, physically with me. Um, I was even able, Chef Rama did a really good job to smell the food. And I really liked it because as much as I like listening to podcasts, it just really brings it to the place and I felt part of it. And I wish I was there, but it was such a great experience that it really brought me East Africa, all these amazing places, some were really remote, into my living room. So, so when you were with us, you basically just watched and maybe sent a comment and so on. So even being passively involved, it, it still gave you a feeling that you were there. Oh yeah, definitely. It really gave me the feeling to be there and um, just made me really want to go back and visit the places myself. When we had this virtual experience with people from all the way across the ocean and then you uh, in Masisi, I think one of the things that really stuck out for me was the part where we're sharing cultures and are sharing riddles. And I realized that the cultural contexts are so different that to try and have somebody guess a riddle from a culture that they can not possibly relate with in the way of life, it was just hilarious. But you can read more about it in the show notes. I think what I want to talk about was the experience where I was showing them this ball. It's one of those balls that you make from polythene bags tied together with a bit of string and we call it the kalele. And just at that moment, as we were talking about it, uh, Miha came across a group of children who were actually playing. So for me, that instant connection, the things can occur in the moment and be so interactive. That was such a connecting moment. I could tell the audience felt it too. You do know that those soccer players were there because we ordered them. Yeah, so we had a team of youngsters from around the farm. They came there, they played the game to be part of our experience for the American participants. And originally that was meant to be the end. I was so tired until I saw some kiddos who came to watch that football. 
I ran to them. I showed a couple of smiles. The kids were, of course, as always, adorable and really cooperative in showing a little bit of happiness. And it basically finished the experience in the best possible way. So after all is said and done, it took an incredible amount of effort traveling around, going over the borders. Miha, was it worth it for you? I would say that to me, going to Masisi was a dream come true. And I really needed to first collect my Ugandan passport in Kampala, then run to Rwanda, crossing the border at midnight just before the curfew, then getting to Kigali, sorting out my papers to be allowed into Congo, all the COVID testing. It was extremely intense, but so rewarding as well, because I also felt that happiness and satisfaction of all of you who were through me in a position to enjoy that environment. You are right, Miha. Even now, there is some people who were asking me, even when are you doing that virtual picnic again? So this shows that this was something unusual. Generally, virtual experiences were part of the pandemic um, pivot. As COVID is going away, we can, of course, wonder if there is still going to be any market. But probably there are always people who can't come because of their age or disabilities or because they are just too busy. Maybe there's also an opportunity to allow members of the family of people who actually traveling physically to be part of it for a couple of hours and share in that experience. So probably there still might be some interest in these kinds of activities. From what I hear everybody saying and from me myself, virtual experiences were a lot of fun, definitely worth engaging in and it's something that we are ready to do again and again. And also you will be hearing from us again, definitely as a podcast. So I would urge all of you, dear listeners, to subscribe so that you can hear what we are up to next. Uh, subscription is, is the best way to know when we appear again, because if you subscribe to us through a podcasting app, whenever in the future the next episode drops in, you're going to be informed. Currently, we are planning for September 2022 uh, to be back, but who knows what happens. So subscribing is going to keep you. I like to leave you all with this little song. It says, take care of the visitors when they come.